It's on the screen behind me, and this is what it says. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put away, uh, put there every day, pardon me, to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. And Peter said, look at us. He got his attention. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Okay, you're going to give me a coin now. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him with wonder and amazement, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with that wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade or Solomon's Porch. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if we were the ones by our own power or godliness has made this man walk? By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. So, Lord, we pray for the next few moments. Open up our hearts and minds. We pray, Jesus, that we would pay attention to what you would have to say. Lord, help us to be hearers and doers, to put these principles into practice in a practical way that we can live for you daily. And we give you all the praise. Move by your spirit in us, O God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, today I'm going to talk about readiness preparedness. And uh, if you've ever found yourself unprepared, it's not a good feeling, is it? Now, we've moved to Prince George, and uh, so far, all we've really investigated is really the town. And it's a neat town. Pretty much have all the basic stores that you need here. We've had to pick up this and pick up that to get ready to, you know, set up our house. And uh, we took our main things, but there is a number of things that we left behind, we sold on Marketplace, we gave away to the thrift store just because we didn't have uh, the room. Even thing like a box of hangers or those metal cubes that you put together. Oh, we just don't have room for them. Now we're here, we need hangers. We need somewhere to put our clothes. We need more cubes, so we have to kind of replenish those things. And, um, but there's more to explore besides this wonderful town. Of course, it's all the trails, it's the scenery, it's the nature, and I'm looking forward to that. But when I was living in eastern Washington years ago, uh, I was there, and my older brother lived in the same town, and he is Mr. Outdoorsman, and he is a total athlete. Now, I played some sports growing up, a few sports, but he liked the solo sports, especially cross-country running. He was a runner, and his name is Greg. He's my older brother. I have another brother who's younger named Paul, and both of them are real athletic. Paul was like a second Dan, second degree black belt in Taekwondo. And uh, my older brother Greg has run marathons, the Seattle Marathon, Vancouver Marathon. He's won awards. He's done the triathlon. Uh, I went into the ministry, so this is, this is me. So they can run. I'll be the obstacle that they run around. You know, I'm, I'm built for resistance, for steadiness. Uh, but um, my brother Greg was living in the same town. And so he, he said, hey, Scott, let's go and do a little rock climbing. And if you drive out of 
Wenatchee, if you're familiar with eastern Washington at all, Wenatchee, Spokane, Yakima, much like the Okanagan here that we have in BC. Very hot, arid, dry, rolling brown hills. And in the summer, it's great to get out and explore. And so if you drive up the highway, off the highway, there's a, a small little rock face that you don't need a lot of gear. You can just freehand it. But you can go and do some basic rock climbing that's not real tall. Basically, it's maybe a little taller than the height of our sanctuary here. So maybe 30 feet, 40 feet, and you can just climb up to the top and then have a picnic lunch if you want. Just a fun little afternoon, something you can do on your lunch hour. And so I hopped in the rig, my brother and I, we went up there and we started up the bottom of this little uh, rock face and we started to climb. And I got partway up and soon I realized that I had been really stupid and had not brought the right footwear. Because when you're rock climbing, you at least need like hikers. You need some sort of either boots or at least tennis shoes. You know what I had on? Boat shoes. It was just silly. It was a spare of the moment. It was a quick thing. I wasn't thinking. And boat shoes are those kind that slip on and off. They're kind of like a slipper. And I was partway up, and all of a sudden, my shoe came off and went right down the hill. And I'm like hanging onto this rock. And I said, Greg, and because he's more agile and athletic than I am, he was up farther on the hill. And he's, what? I said, my shoe's off. I need you to give me a hand. And you can't climb now with one foot because it hurts on those feet because it's rock, Right? I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, but rock and flesh do not, you know, really go good together. So it was painful, and I was kind of stuck. And so my brother climbed down, and he got my shoe, and he climbed back up to where I was. I got my shoe on, and I was able to keep going and finish our little adventure together. How idiotic that was to not have the right footwear. And yet the reality is sometimes we are unprepared for things that come along in life, and yet we get surprised, we get upset when things don't go our way, and all the while God is saying, hey, I've given you the full armor of God, right? Ephesians chapter 6, to fight the good fight, to stand firm in the faith, to not have to be all plowed over when the enemy attacks you, tries to discourage you. Sometimes we're not as spiritually prepared as we should be. If you believe that, say amen. And so we're going to talk about being ready, being ready. And point number one this morning is this, be ready to be used by the Holy Spirit. Be ready to be used. You see, Peter and John had been in prayer. They had been in the upper room. They had just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were fired up. They were powered up. They were ready to go. They weren't just kind of wandering through life, not sure. They were men on a mission, and they were ready for God to use them. They knew they had been sent, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, go into all the world, make disciples. Now they've been in power. Now they've got the tools. They've got the strength, and they already have their directive, so they were ready to see who they could find to reach for Christ. So they were ready. They were ready for witnessing. Readiness, though, begins with willingness. I want you to hear this this morning. Being ready, readiness, begins with willingness. First of all, willingness to be used. Then willingness to spend quiet time with the Lord each day because that's how we get prepared in prayer, praise, and reading his word. Amen? They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah says, they will re- be, have their strength renewed. I will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. So we got to wait upon the Lord. we got to spend time in prayer like the disciples did in the upper room. Quiet time each day. Are you willing to do that? Are we just going to try to find time for God or do we make time for God? You see, there's a difference, isn't there? I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Hey, I've been a Christian most of my life. 
Again, I still have to prioritize my time because if I just try to find time, maybe at the end of the day after my shows are done or when my work is done, maybe I'll I'll, I'll crack open the Bible. Maybe I'll read a little bit, and that's going to be hit and miss at best. We've got to make time. I have a certain time each day that I spend with the Lord, and I prioritize it, and I protect it because God is more important than anything else, amen? Even than your job and your car, and as much as we love our families, he's even more important than our family. He is the Lord, and one day we're going to stand before him, and you only have two destinations. Everybody lives forever. You just have to choose where. I'm choosing to live forever with the Lord, amen? So make sure that you find time, that you make time, you make it and prioritize it and protect it. So we have to be ready to wait upon the Lord, and then when we're empowered then when we're uh, ready spiritually we can go and live the life he's called us to live and be watching for people because opportunities will come so jesus has called every christian believer to go and make disciples um it's interesting when peter and john were heading to the temple they encountered this man and they were ready and they were willing and now they were watching so number two is this Be ready to help others know the truth and power of God. Notice that the crippled man was not going to worship at the temple. He was not going to church. He was only going to the gate. And his uh, his perspective, his optimism was so limited, he didn't have any thoughts of being healed, uh, of being delivered. All he was just trying to get by. You know, there's a lot of people in life today that are trying to get by, aren't they? You see them. You see them, they're, they're just really trying to survive. And there's a lack of joy, there's a lack of hope, there's a lack of happiness. All they want to do is just trying to, to make it and hopefully you know, pay the bills, hopefully retire and have somewhere to live, and hopefully their kids will turn out to be okay and not be monsters, and hopefully they'll have some sense of happiness. There's a lot of people in this world that don't have hope. And yet we have the hope in Jesus. So this crippled man who was lame from birth was basically being laid at the gate, but he was not going to temple. How many times have we gone to church and, and we forget that there's still opportunities even on the way to church? All right, let's get in the car. Come on, load up the kids. We got to get there early. We got to get a good seat. Maybe you're on worship team. Maybe you're a greeter. Maybe you're an usher. or something, you know, well, and, and yet all of a sudden you pass by your neighbor and they're having a problem. Or at the gas station, somebody, you know, is having an issue. We forget that opportunities are all around us. Afterwards, when you hit White Spot for lunch or Boston Pizza, and and the waitress comes and you have an opportunity to show kindness or not kindness, we forget. Hey, I, I was with a pastor friend of mine. I won't name who he is. This was years ago. But I was surprised at how unfriendly he was to the to the waitress and to the staff. He would just like put on a straight face and kind of ignore them half the time. I was like, man, dude, not only are we a Christian, we're pastors. Let's shine our light, right? We forget to shine, don't we? Anybody but me do that? Say amen. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm in good company. We have to remind ourselves that we are supposed to be salt and light to a lost and dying generation. We are his ambassadors. We are his hands and feet and voice. So be ready to help others. Be watching, be waiting, be looking for opportunities. Peter instructed the beggar, though, once he saw this man, and always said, hey, you know, I want you to give me an alm, give me a coin. He said, look at me. He got his attention. So we have to get people's attention. 
We have to speak the truth in love and make sure that they understand what we're doing. Make sure they understand that it's Jesus in us, that we're doing this for a reason, for a purpose. When you help, when you show kindness, when you show love, make sure that they know that it's Jesus in you. So he instructed them to look him in the eye, and he made sure this message of hope was clear. Peter declared a healing. Now, I want to get into this for a second here. I'm going to get a sip of water. We're going to talk a little bit about healing. How many believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Amen? And how many believe that he's still healing people miraculously today? Some of you have experienced healings in your life. We know it's true because he's done it in us, and we see him operating. And so there, there was a certain things that took place here that were specific and that were powerful. Peter declared a healing, and then he helped the man up. That took courage. That took faith, didn't it? He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he didn't say, you know, you shall be healed. He said, uh, you will be healed. Now get up and walk. And he had to kind of help him, encourage him in his faith. He could have just stood back and said, okay, let's see you do it. Well, a lot of people, they don't know who God is. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't know the importance of faith. And they need some encouragement. How many know that we need to encourage each other in the faith? Amen? So he took him by the hand, and then he got up, and then he jumped. And then he's leaping, walking, praising God, running around, jumping, praising the Lord. And everybody was amazed. But that first step of faith, and Peter didn't say, well, you know, let's see what happens. He said, no, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he got up and walked, but he helped him. He encouraged him in his faith. He took him by the hand for that first step. Sometimes we need to do that to encourage people in their faith. You might wonder, well, yeah, we know that God heals, but maybe my grandmother or my mother or my brother died, and they knew Jesus, and, and they died of a sickness. I think sometimes we tend to put God in the box. Lord, we know that you're going to heal, so do it you know, right this second. And if it doesn't happen, then, well, there must be something wrong. Maybe there's sin in your life. Maybe you don't have enough faith. Anybody ever, ever had those questions? I mean, hey, I'm third-generation Pentecostal pastor, folks. I have been born and raised in it. My father was a pastor. He pastored churches like Richmond Tabernacle, Connaught Heights. He pastored churches of hundreds of people. And my grandfather was a pastor. So Gene Opine, and they were teachers at the Bible College there at Northwest and Edmonton. I mean, my other grandfather, on my mom's side, he was a healing evangelist back in the days of Oral Roberts. My grandfather had a tent that sat a 1,000 people, and it was packed. And he traveled across the U.S. He was from the States. My mother is American, so he's from Oklahoma. And, and went across, and, and my grandmother, his wife, was miraculously healed of cancer. Bonafide doctor diagnosed cancer, should have been dead as a young woman, and God miraculously healed her. The only thing that you could tell that she had cancer is her, her hair turned platinum white as a young woman. So she was young. She was probably in her 20s, maybe 30s, and her hair turned white as a can't. But she lived until she was, I think, 89 years of age. Lived, outlived my grandfather. So we know God heals. I've been born and raised in this. But what I do know is that it's not always on our timetable. Amen? God will do it his way. The Bible says his ways are higher than ours. 
It's not up to us to try to second guess. Let's pray and believe for a complete healing, but then let's leave the details up to God because he knows what's best. And we also see examples in Scripture where there's certain times where he chose not to heal. And so what is that about? Paul prayed three times for his thorn in the side to be healed, and it wasn't. And yet again and again, he would pray for others and they would be healed. So this is what I've come to believe, being a Pentecostal pastor but also just really examining scriptures and what does the Bible say? You see, God can choose to heal instantaneously. We see that, and that's what we all want. That's what we pray for, believe for. But he can also heal progressively. How many believe that doctors are not a bad thing? Doctors can be a blessing, amen? Luke, in the Bible, was a physician, right? And the apostle Paul would tell, hey, take a little wine for your stomach. There's times where you need to to do something to help yourself. Luke was a physician. I have a cousin who's, a, who's an MD, who's a doctor in the Everett area in Washington State. Wonderful Christian. You know, one of those guys that is a, a, a board member of his church and one of those leading members, very faithful, very consistent and committed and loves the Lord, grew up in the Pentecostal church and he's a wonderful doctor today. His name's Lee. And so doctors can be a blessing. And God will sometimes heal instantaneously, but sometimes he'll use progressively. And the third category is this. Everybody is healed ultimately in heaven. Amen? If you don't get a healing now, you're going to be healed when we see Jesus face to face. So it's oftentimes a timing. Whether it's now or later, God does promise to heal. Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. Amen? And Psalm 103 says that he forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. And many times, oftentimes, it's in the here and now. Let's just pray for healing here and now. Amen? Simple childlike faith. And let's believe for it. Sometimes you can have a lack of faith, and that can hinder your prayers. Sometimes there might be unresolved sin that you need to take care of. There's scriptural foundation for those things. Make sure that your heart is pure and clean before the Lord, and then pray and believe. But don't get discouraged if it doesn't happen right away. You keep pressing forward. You keep praying, keep believing, because that healing is coming in his perfect time. Amen? God is the God who heals. And in this instance, it was instantaneous. And praise the Lord for that. I've seen that. You've probably seen that too. And, and we're so excited that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he healed this, this layman instantaneously. We also know that God was establishing the, the office and the agency of the Holy Spirit. He was establishing the church with many signs and wonders. We don't see as many signs and wonders now as they did then. How many want to see more, amen? But are we hungering and thirsting and believing for that? I know that God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He's already beginning to do it. And we'll see that more and more. Joel chapter 2, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That means moving in signs and wonders and you know what? Healings are great. People going down on the power are great. Again, I've been born and raised to that. I believe it. I love it. I enjoy that. But the greatest miracle of all is people getting saved and coming to Christ. Amen? That's the real sign of revival. So we want to see the signs and wonders, but let's never forget it's all about souls first. Go and find people and bring them to Christ. And once they know him, then they can grow in him then they can learn the ways of the Spirit and enjoy all the blessings and the gifts that he has to give. We're excited for what he has in store. And this is a testimony of what God can do. How many believe he's still healing people? Say amen. Amen. And he wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. And so we're thankful that he has that heart. 
Peter declared the healing, then helped the man in his initial step of faith by taking his hand. This took faith on Peter's part. First, we choose faith, and then we move forward. He declared it. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then he moved forward and took his hand. And as we declare God's promises, we have to walk in that. We have to to choose to now move forward and believe it and trust him and live it. So he took his hand and the man received his healing. Following this morning, number three, be ready to take God-given opportunities to share God's love. God-given opportunities to share God's love. When Peter saw the crowd gathered in amazement, he decided, hey, it's time to preach a sermon. He didn't take an offering, but he preached a sermon. Amen? Are you still with me? Say amen. amen. I know we got to sign some you know, heavy theology. I could see the wheels are processing right now. Hmm, is this biblical or not? Is this, is this true? Is this solid? I want to encourage you. This just comes from the word. Don't take my word for it. You know, how does God heal? Well, many times it's instantaneously, but we see several times that it wasn't always. So that means, hmm, sometimes God heals now, sometimes he heals later. It's in Scripture, so it's got to be the right thing. Amen? It's the truth. I'm only going to ever preach to you the truth, preach you the word. And it was my heart as a pastor, I will preach you the whole counsel of God. Not just the fluffy stuff about love and kindness and joy. We all love that, but also we're going to talk sometimes about things that we need to address. Right? About the sin and about righteousness and getting things right because i would be remiss if i did not preach the whole bible front and back old testament new testament my heart and my desire and my commitment is to preach the whole counsel of god to you every day and we're just going to see what the bible says and that's what the way we want to live amen praise the lord so i'm excited i know god has good things in store and we're ready to take god-given opportunities to share god's love we are now going through boxes. How many have moved or are getting ready to move soon? If you've moved in the last year, let me see your hand. I know if you've moved back to the area, there's a whole contingency that have moved back here, and our church is blessed to have you folks back, and some of you have maybe moved in the area. When you are moving, there's nothing more important than boxes, right? You are on a mission to find boxes, and uh, now you can go down to the local U-Haul store. You can buy them. Those are the, but you gotta, you got to pay for those or to Home Depot. But years ago, I, I don't know if it was quite as easy to get boxes. And I would go to grocery stores and say, do you have any boxes? Oh, yeah, but we got maybe a few. Oh, good. You get, you get two or three boxes. You come home and tell your wife, we got more boxes. And we got more boxes. And, and, and you're looking and you hear somebody that they just went through a move and they're getting rid of boxes. Oh, they're like gold. They're like precious diamonds. Boxes. We need boxes. And you can't just have a few. You need a lot because you're trying to pack up a whole household. So you're like craving boxes, seeking boxes. You're on the, on the outlook and on the, the, the ready always to find boxes. And when you get them, they're just precious and wonderful, and you fill your goods, and you finally move there, and you move up to your new place. And once you get there, you're unpacking these boxes, and now you despise the boxes. I'm so sick of these boxes. How do we get rid of these boxes? Our garage is full of boxes. And I break them down, and I stack them, and they're just they're taking up space. They're taking up room. I hate these things. How can we get rid of these boxes? Our hearts turn so quickly against these poor cardboard receptacles. And so you're looking, you're ready. And as Christians, we have to be watching and looking for opportunities. If we are just in tunnel vision about our daily routine, and let's be honest, sometimes we're that way. 
I've got to get to the store. I've got to get to the office. I've got to pick up the kids. I've got to do this or that. And, and we forget that there are people on the left and the right. There are opportunities all around us where we could be planting seeds of hope. We could be showing kindness, little simple acts of love. But if we have our spiritual antennas up and our spiritual eyes open, what did Jesus say? He said, look at the fields. They are what? Ripe and ready for harvest. So are we watching at the restaurant, at the grocery store, at the gas pump, in your subdivision, if your neighbors, uh, you know, I've already met one of my neighbors where we moved to, and it's my ambition to meet more. I want to get to know them, and I want to build a friendship and, and hopefully build a, a relationship where you know, we can encourage each other and I can speak into their lives. Um, we need to be intentional to be watching and looking for opportunities, God-given opportunities. And here it was, when Peter saw the crowd gathered after the man was healed, he thought, hmm, I could just sit back and say, this is cool, or I can take this opportunity and share Jesus. And that's exactly what he did, amen? He said, people, why are you all amazed like it's us? Because they were, hey, these guys healed this man. Peter's saying, no, it's Jesus. Remember the one that you crucified recently? He rose from the dead. He's powerful. And it's his power that raised this man. And so look for those opportunities. They are all around us to share truth and show love. Share truth, show love by the things we say and do each day. The question is, are we looking for them? And then are we willing to take them? I want to ask you that. Are you looking for God-given opportunities? And then are you willing to be used and take the opportunity for him to use you? Here's the final thought I want to close, and then we're going to invite the worship team to come. And maybe uh, just go ahead and come, if you will, worship team, while I'm sharing this final thought. I'll invite you to join me. It is this. The apostle Peter was clear. The crippled man was miraculously healed by faith in the name of Jesus. By faith in the name of Jesus. When you are praying for miracles, I want to encourage you to follow the formula given in the word. We pray in faith believing because James said, if you don't believe, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Amen? You're like a double-minded man, unstable in all their ways. So we have to pray in faith believing. Again and again, Jesus would say, according to your faith, it is done. Oh, ye of little faith. But when they had faith, then they could receive. You see, we believe and then we receive. So we pray in faith believing and we pray in the mighty, powerful, authoritative name of Jesus. Amen? In the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. It is a name above all names. In the name of Jesus. I want us to stand this morning. Can we do that? And let's bow our heads and close our eyes here this morning. Just as Jason begins to play this next song, it's talking about surrender. So I'm going to move to this mic now. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we're so grateful right now. We are grateful, dear Lord, that you are with us. Jesus, we are grateful that your Holy Spirit is here. Lord, you are the same today and forever. You are moving, you are healing, you are saving. You are alive and well, moving by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we can access your power as we pray in faith, as we pray in the name of Jesus and as we are obedient to step out in faith and lose us. Pray this morning, and I'm going to ask you a question.
and just as we're praying, would you say this morning, Pastor Scott, I want to use deeper and greater ways. Vision. I don't want to get just caught up in my own thing, but I want to be ready for him to use me so that I can be his vessel to flow through. If that's you, would you slip up your hand this morning? Slip it up. Let's make a declaration to him. Lord, use me. Use me. Amen. 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 Thank you. He said the fields are ripe and ready for harvest. I want to be used by him. Secondly, if you're here this morning with nobody looking around, please, and eyes closed, and you say, Pastor Scott, would you pray for me? I, I want to get things right with Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're not is he your Lord? Do you have a relationship with him? He will forgive you for anything you've done and come into your life and be your Savior. And he comes in and fills us by his Spirit. If you want to get things right, slip up your hand. I'll pray for you right where you stand. Amen. 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 Praise your name. So we're going to do it a little differently. And each week I was telling our worship team, we just want to be obedient to allow the Lord to lead weekly according to his will. There's no set formula. We always want to be sensitive and do those things specifically that he wants us to do. So this morning, we're going to pray a prayer to repeat after me. Many hands up today. And whether you raise your hand or not, if you raise your hand, I want you to pray it and mean this from the bottom of your heart. Some were for salvation, others were for the Lord to use us. We're going to incorporate both principles into this prayer. If you raise your hand, repeat after me and pray you talk to him and you declare this to him today and if you didn't raise your hand would you also repeat your prayer because it'll help to encourage those who did taking that hand and encouraging others but let's all declare this and let's pray to him so you repeat after me jesus thank you for loving me thank you jesus for dying on the cross and rising again I believe in that today. You are the Son of God. Please forgive me for my sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I choose to serve you, Lord. Help me your word and do what it says. Help me to pray and talk to you every day. And I put you first place as the Lord of my life. Use me, dear Jesus, to shine, to show love, to speak truth, to reap the harvest fields of souls around me. I believe you are coming again soon for me. So help us to reach many souls while we can. I surrender all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing the song as Lisa leads us. Lord, we thank you so much for your presence here, dear Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you go with us wherever we go. We pray, Lord, as we leave this place, that you would use us, that you would empower us by your spirit, O oh God. Let us be your hands and your feet and your voice to shine our lights this week for you. We thank you so much, Jesus.
Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of this service. God bless you. You are dismissed. If you need further prayer, the altars are open and we're available. Otherwise, have a great day in the Lord.